If Maria supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts. Blah blah blah. The blah blah blah. Sending out good vibes. of the show this game takes place between the years 2010 and 2012 um, which would be between season 9 and 10 of the series okay guys welcome back to the Grand America show uh, we're gonna be chatting with Brandon Marsh a little bit later about his X-Files game he's developing so we talk about that a little bit Talk about some other X Files y type stuff along the way. Um, that's a fun one. You guys should enjoy the chat. Of course, there's a little bonus app for you, fucks. It's coming out halfway through the week. Little extra episode, number 303 is going to be a bonus. We have a friend of the show, Jordan, come through town and he's in the igloo. We were in the studio anyway, so we figured, hey, let's give these guys a bonus app, see if we can get them to get up to 1% support. <laughs> so uh, without further ado, before we welcome Jordan, we'll welcome uh, Graham begging for money on the podcast. Dunlop, how's it going, what, buddy? Is that what it is now? Is, is that what this people is that one review? Oh, oh, really? Yeah. Have I heard the review? Have I seen the I review? Anyways, this was a good. Uh, they they do have the X Files game out on mobile. We talked to Brandon, who's like the PR dude. It was pretty cool. Talk about how uh, the X Files shaped culture, and it definitely shaped my worldview in the nineties. I mean, it was like. It was right after I was, I was already interested in all the stuff. And then the X-Files came out. It was like the greatest thing. It was like, wow, these guys are actually talking about that and how deep the, the mythology went with the government conspiracies. And then now looking like later on, like decades later, it's, it's almost coming true. Have you seen the new ones? Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Darren hasn't though. I've seen the first couple. Did you? Yeah, me too. Of the first yeah. new season. Yeah, they get, they get good still too. I think okay. it's worth watching for yeah. sure. I'm mad overboard. So welcome, Brandon, anyways. Uh, Jordan. Yeah. Jordan. Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> Brandon. Brandon's, Brandon's coming on later after this ramble. After lazy ramblings, which of course you can skip by clicking on the timestamp in the show notes or by hitting that skip ahead button. So what do you think of the igloo, buddy? Yeah, it's cool. It's uh... underwhelming. <laughs> well, I, I, I didn't even know, like going into the garage and I was like, where's, where's the studio? Yeah. <laughs> the bunker. Yeah. Quite small. Yeah, welcome aboard. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we're going to talk to Brandon. That's a fun one. What have you been up to, Grambo? Any C-SETI in? No. No. Yeah, C-SETI strike? No, no, no. What do you mean? Why would I? No, no not at all. No, it's, it's too all good. cool. Your guys' is off-season is coming. I'm finally getting my health back. I don't know. It's been weird. The off-season is coming fast. I know. It's like... September's here already. It's been the fastest summer of my life. Every year I say that, but this year it was fast. <laughs> September fast. sucks. Winter sucks. Yeah. August just seemed to fly by. It was all smoky and cloudy for most of the month, and it's just gone. Gone. Maybe we'll get a nice snuck on little Indian Yeah, you summer, never know. Yeah. It's not looking September's good September's right going to be good, yeah. It's been cold, miserable. Yeah, it looks sunny, but it's cold. It's even colder where you're from, so <laughs> yeah. I guess we should take, take some solace in that. 
So what do you got, buddy? What's new? What do you got for this bonus episode? Well, I mean, intro? I, I wanted to. Uh, I got a UFO quote already. One oh, that's really? sort of appropriate to this X Files mythology. Yeah, we're still doing it. So I'm not done yet. I was looking through it. I've got more. Four than I years of UFO quotes. So we go got one got another year's worth. I'm, I got more than I thought. So I'll have to double, triple up. A year's on. worth. No, 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 no. Anagram going deep. It's a profound UFO quote of a week. Words to ponder and critique. It's a profound UFO quote of a week. All right, so this is a, I got a couple here. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a couple quick ones. In concealing the evidence of UFO operations, the Air Force is making a serious mistake. That was Lieutenant Colonel James McAshen of the United States Air Force. I don't have a year on that one. Hmm. Seems fishy. What's the mistake? It's a big mistake. of keeping this from the public. Is it? Holding back the development of society. You say so. Yeah. We got another one here. Hopefully of these UFO reports, the radar slash visual reports are the most convincing. When a ground radar picks up a UFO target and a ground observer sees a light where the radar target is located, then a jet interceptor is scrambled to intercept the UFO and the pilot also sees the lights and gets a radar lock, only to have the UFO almost impudently outdistance him. There is no simple answer. And that was from Edward J. Ruppelt, USAF again, Captain, 1956. USAF. Yeah. USAF. Good stuff. A twofer. Twofer. Hundreds and hundreds of UFO quotes you've given us. Yep. Or forever more. in your debt. I got more too. So. No more. I well, do have sightings from listeners I'd like to share with you. Yeah. Do we have a And they kind of combine with some feedback as well. Is that what you want to do now? Sure. Whatever you want. Okay. There we go. <laughs> we had the new moon, dark sky, which is great. <laughs> Had a plan camping, pitched our tent, went back there for the night. Crystal clear. Darkest night. So I had to read that meditation, did the singing bowl, and that shit starts happening. Pow, pow, pow. Okay. We started seeing flash bulbs. Okay. Okay. Streakers coming down. Graham Dunlop. Okay, turn it down. Graham Dunlop. Jesus. Sea city star. Flubbity. Flubbity. This is Obi from Portland, actually. Who is that? The one who Greetings, came Darren and Graham. I found your show earlier this year, probably around March. I love podcasts and I've been looking for something to scratch my UFO itch. I think your show came up on a Google search I did for best UFO podcasts. In fact, I believe yours was the first show mentioned. There you go, Darren. Obviously, they didn't search for best. It, <laughs> I must have just searched for UFO It podcast. has been several months now and I must listen to at least four or five episodes a week. I absolutely love your content. Finally contributed recently and hope to contribute more as soon as I get paid again. Your show has become the only one I listen to. I love the intros and the banter between the two of you. And when you share stories from your listeners of synchronicities and the like, my heart warms with all the talk that you do about spreading the love and the good vibes. How you listen with such open minds with great questions for your guests. Really, you have changed my life this year and given me the most incredible reading list. Every single episode provides some new crazy idea for me to chew on to help me expand my awareness. 
from Atlantis to Antarctica to UFOs in the digital universe. I'm always challenged to think more about all the crazy shit around us all the time. Thank you so much for all you do from the bottom of my heart. I'd like to share a sighting story. Let's hear it. I'd seen a UFO once before some years ago. I was out in the desert at Burning Man on the night of the temple burn. The atmosphere was somber and quiet as I'm sitting on the ground with hundreds, thousands of people, legs crossed, watching the sacred space go up in flames. My gaze drifts upward toward the starry sky. There I saw what appeared to be an ordinary satellite crossing my field of vision until it up and turned 90 degrees, followed by several more angled course adjustments until it finally blinked out and disappeared. I live in a busy city, so I don't get out much to look at the sky. And, that, and since that sighting in 2012, I, had seen another, I hadn't seen another until this very summer, just a few weeks ago. So I was on a camping trip with some friends. We were climbing up in a boulder field near Mount Hood in Oregon. Oh, is Mount Hood that one where the East City Ranch is? Or is that Shasta? I, I don't know. You're the member. I think that is. No, East City. Oh, East City. I think that is Mount Hood. No. Is Mount Hood the volcano? I think East City is near Mount Hood. I can't, I get those mountains mixed up because they all seem cool, like Shasta and Hood. And... Oh, because you're making shit up. Is it Mount Shasta in California? Well, I think so. Northern California, I think. That's not And Oregon. Hood's in Washington, but the Hood Hood is, I think, close to the Washington border. Oregon Washington border, Oregon yeah. Border. Or at least East City's very close to the border, mm. just above the, the gorge there. Yeah. Fascinating. So, anyways, I brought along with me RD6 Killers Clark's. Encounters with the star people to read around the campfire, inspired by a recent episode I just listened to. One night after reading a few stories, we decided to head back to the boulder field where the sky is open to view the stars. So much less light pollution out there than in the city. So facing due north, the four of us lay down on top of a big flat boulder and settled into the great celestial bowl of the sky stretching overhead, just like the planetarium. The Milky Way to the east crossed up and over behind us to the south, with Cassiopeia prominently right in front of us. We were taken in the clear night when suddenly a bright light appeared in Cassiopeia. It looked like a star, but it kept getting brighter. We all turned our heads to watch. Brighter and brighter, it grew until my friend said, what is that? My first thought was that we might be seeing some kind of supernova. It was really so bright. Like I've been watching Jupiter and Mars in the sky all summer, both of them very bright and large compared to the other stars in the sky, and this must have grown to about five times the size of those planets. Brilliant white. My other friend only half-jokingly said to me, I don't know, Obs, you should tell us what that is. You're the UFO expert. <laughs> what are we seeing? I was speechless. I catch, a catch in my chest told me it was a UFO, a spaceship even. But I wasn't ready for it to come any closer. I knew we'd see one tonight because I wanted to see one. But when it actually happened, I was so stunned, I closed up a little bit. As soon as I said inwardly to myself, I'm not ready, the light snapped back down to the size of a satellite, took off to the east, and then disappeared, leaving my friends and I in awe. I believe we saw it that night because I had been purposefully preparing myself to see them. Thanks to your show and your guests, with my mind more open, I am less afraid. Reaching a new cosmic frequency doesn't seem so daunting now. Your show is helping me and so many others. Thanks again. With love, Obi from Portland. 
Portland in the house. Thanks, buddy. That was a good one, eh? Yeah. That was a great one. What else you got? That, it just that does remind me of the stuff that we see seaside when we're out seaside. Like yeah. some of those stars, they go just, brighter just, and brighter, yeah. and then they sort of seem to spin around and fly and wobble. Like literally, sometimes like uh, what do they call it? Or um, powering up kind of thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if they use the Earth as like some sort of like recharge base station. You know, like with all that energy up in the air. Yeah, because like why do yeah. they, why why here? Right? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, because it's uh, it's the time. It's it's like a. I think Earth could be a popular tourist destination right now because we're almost off planet. We're yeah. waking up. Like there's yeah. all this stuff going on, and uh, there, like, uh, this is the time to see a planet uh, evolution. Where yeah, their version of Earth. National they're Geographic. They're about to blow themselves. So, yeah, the this is like up. you know, there's a big headline in the yeah. in the cosmos. Earth ready to see now, double half price. You know, they're just here checking in on the simulation. Yeah, maybe the simulation is like a TV show. Or <laughs> <laughs> just a new age TV show. Huh. So uh, this is from uh, Immersier. Had, had multiple witness sightings reported to MUFON. Only, only record under Mercier in the early 80s. Me and four witnesses literally pissed myself like a blimp with its own cloud. Moved over Danvers, Massachusetts at 1745. We had a poker game restarting. Huge metallic portholes, light circle below. Myself and four others witnessed this anomaly in a lot. It was so low and slow, one could have hit it with a thrown rock. Passed over the lot and down the north, five witnesses during the sighting at least five minutes. Low and slow. MUFON has the report under my name. No other reports were filed. No follow-up. They must have the record. Well, I mean, I reported mine to move on, and then I went and tried to find the record later on. And I couldn't find it anywhere, so who knows how many they've lost? Probably most of them. Probably. If I had to guess, if I was forced to hazard a guess. I'd assume they've lost most of them. Or they've gone to the intelligence agency. You think Mufon's a cover for the CIA? Yeah, totally. Just funneling up the reports and yeah. shoveling them into not the, the fire. CIA. The, the what's higher above the CIA? The aliens. The mythology from the X Files, basically. Smoky oh. Man. Smoking Man. The Smoking Man the at Black Burning goo, Man? The Black Goo and the Smoking Man have all the all the MUFON reports. Are they at Burning Man together right now? Probably. They're, they're probably, at a private stage there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Matt Beller's at Burning Man. <laughs> they're in a cloaked UFO watching yeah, it. Yeah, they're with the Elon Musk. Yeah. <laughs> we got to send you to Burning Man one of these years. Burning Well, we Graham. should go together. Burning Graham. That's a good one. Low. So, honestly, the thing was so big and so slow over a populated area, other people should have seen it. It actually made a gentle move to avoid a church steeple, it was that low. Wow, was a Mercier, two Maloney's, a Georgia casita, and a guy named Steve watched this thing for many minutes. It was a strange thing, huge, and it had a cloud around it. Huge. We thought the Goodyear blimp was crashing. You guys do good work, and the story ain't no bullshit tale. Scariest thing I ever seen. And then I kind of emailed him back and forth a little bit, getting more information. And he says, it was metallic, silver, and round, real big, had its own cloud or mist. The only thing that made sense, pattern recognition, it looked like the nose of a crashing blimp. It had big circular light on the bottom, many spinning colors. I also thought of the ship from Lost in Space. It looked like that when it passed over and we saw the lights. 
I probably wrote of this inf- incident a double time, a dozen times on the net in the last decade, various forms. A peculiar thing, and we all agreed we were not at all crazy. Godspeed. So thanks, yeah, thanks for the follow-up emails, and thanks for the sighting report. Really appreciate it. Fits in well with this this X-Filed episode. X-Filed? X-Filed. We're going to X-File this episode as a bonus episode. (laughs) Careful, you're going to get us sued. (laughs) I represent the estate of David Duchovny. (laughs) Chris Carter? I guess it'd be Chris Carter. Yeah. Yeah, what'd you think? What? What'd you think? Good? Yeah, good one. What was this about begging for support? Well, well, you like to beg for support. A review, that, a negative review or a positive one? He said he stopped listening to the show because of all the begging for no, support. No, that was, I think I saw that. I think you took it out of context. No, I'm going to take you out of context. That was you on Twitter begging for support. It wasn't about us on the show. Oh. Is that the one that we could already be. read? Could yeah. Be. yeah. Could be. <laughs> you already fake, fake news in me over fake there. Fake news in you. Come fake on. news in you motherfuckers. He's, he's trying to tell this me we got a new Twitter report now. about yeah, This is Twitter. why you're off Twitter. Too much fake news. <laughs> Too much fake news. Check out carmerica.ca slash support, guys. Do sign up for a support model today if you can. There's weeklies, monthlies, yearlies, Patreons, things. Oh, yeah, I should mention to the Patreon people that I don't post the episodes there individually. If you go through the Patreon posts, you'll find there's a couple of them in there that have all the login information for the Black Budget feed. Uh, There will be changes to the Black Budget feed coming up as we migrate into the new website. I think that's still a couple weeks away. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And, uh, yeah, we'll let you know. Yeah, we did talk about some more. Uh, you do want to be a supporter before we launch the new website. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you that. You're yeah. going to want to be a supporter. Grandmarket.ca slash support. Do that now. We'll wait. And there's other ways, too. Reviewing yeah. the show is helpful, right? We've got 300 U.S. reviews. We want to get that up to, let's say, what, 500 or 1,000 would, thousand be, nice would on, be good. Yeah. On the get that iTunes up to 1,000. Get them all up to 1,000. Fuck iTunes. Uh yeah, that's grammarca.ca slash iTunes. I'll get you there. You review the show, share the show, tell your friends about this motherfucker, all that great stuff. Here's another bonus episode coming at you. Here we are on a Sunday, Wait, middle of the long weekend. Before we get into it, I want I do want to hear from Jordan a little bit. Oh, um, right. What, what kind of, uh, do you want some guest topics? What would you like to see uh, us talk about on here? Like yeah, on Grimerica? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. Or what have been some of your favorites? Well, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm personally into magic, but oh, yeah, uh, cool. I, I really like Jason Louv, but I, I want to hear Jason Louv talk more, not about his book, like yeah, more yeah. about his practice. You know yeah. what I mean? Did you like that other show we did on magic with um, Joe Rooper? No, Rupa that one too, but there was yeah. one from the guy who was overseas. Um, oh, yeah, with the Angry Gore. Yeah. Okay, so I got a story about the Angry Gore. Uh, so that's that, uh, it's like a thought form that you create through giving it attention. Was right, it that right. one? I think so. Yeah. 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 And it wasn't about, it wasn't like a, quite a tulpa. a tulpa, but. English guy though, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I took it as a vice, uh, at work. I was, uh, I was a baker and I was kind of screwing up at the, uh, <laughs> Like knowing when to take the things out, you know, sometimes timers don't go on, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're thinking about things. So I made an angry gore and I did what he said. I, I, you know, I imagined him, drew him down, gave him a voice, gave him like kind of a bit of an attitude. He looked like the Pillberry Doughboy just because, you know, work environment, cooking. And uh, I gave it thought and attention to the point where I would be able to know when the things were done, they would come out perfectly. And I'd... I, and so what you have to do is every time 
you get reminded in that voice or whatever, yeah. or you see him in the corner of your eye, you, you thank him. And then, um, when you like, you know, fuck up or whatever, you, you give him hell. Right. Uh, but it's, it's a little bit related to neuro-linguistic programming and you're just creating programs, right? Mm -hmm. You're just writing the software, putting it in and making sure you're making updates to it. So you don't really have to take the magical aspect of the angry gore aspect, but you can just like do it through NLP and kind of make these little subroutines in your brain. But uh, that was really good advice from that episode. I really that was that. Lionel Snell, I think, right? That oh, episode? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was a fantastic episode too. And uh, and it was one of those things where I thought, I have to do more of this. Just I think he was saying, just talk talk to things more often. You can have that conversation, not necessarily with yourself, but yeah. to, to that thing you're talking about. Well, and if you can name right? it, you can control it, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah there was some other good advice too. What was I trying to remember from that, that episode? It's a, it's a real thing. easy, practical. Well, I think that's the thing that might be good for Grimerica. It's like, taking get, trying to get more actionable takeaways yeah. from the guests like yeah. i really like to like listen to the podcast and be like okay how can i like yeah. implement what they're saying into my own life right? yeah into my own growth and into my own yeah yeah so going out to the woods and summoning ufos <laughs> why not why not yeah let's go with graham yeah i think he's halfway to edmonton yeah, anyway well, yeah, when sometimes he does we it. go halfway to edmonton yeah anyways, red deer yeah. yeah take it easy on the young fella what else you got? That's about it. I think Anything buddy, else? Yeah. We'll keep it short and sweet. Yeah, we got another one coming up app. in a couple of days. So. Bonus app. We're here in the yeah. middle of our long weekend, so we'll yeah. wrap this shit up. Slaving away. Nice yeah. to meet you, Jordan. Yeah, Thanks nice for your help with the show, on. and it's good to see you in the studio. Cool. Yeah, hopefully we'll see you again here. All we'll right. See. Enjoy all the X-Files chat with Mr. Brandon Marsh. got a unique episode tonight it's uh we're going to talk about the x-files deep state game we've got brandon marsh here he's part of the developing team and uh yeah this should be very interesting x-files had hey an guys, impact on both of us hey good how you doing good good yeah thanks for uh thanks for joining us oh thanks for having me it's good to be on the show yeah, it's uh, well. Like I was just gonna say, the X Files had an impact on Darren and I. Probably, I don't know. Darren was probably quite a bit younger when it came out, but I mean, it was it. It really did. It was one of those shows that you know I was always always watching it, always following along, and uh, it really did sort of open open things up. And now looking back, like 10, 15, 20 years later, probably that long. Um, twenty five years. Twenty five year. years. I remember yeah. watching the one with the tree monster. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the ball, like, just watching the ball like, 
And I have a feeling that looking back on this show, like things will probably be a little closer to the truth than, than we thought back then, 25 years ago. Yeah, it, it wasn't a TV show. It was a documentary. You yeah. just didn't know it. Exactly. <laughs> so have you always been interested in it? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm very similar. Uh, I I was just in my my youth uh, when I uh, when X-Files came on and uh, it was totally my jam so I was very hooked right from the start and uh, coming to work on an X-Files project was sort of a, a, a kind of a shock but a very exciting kind of dream come true I mean uh, maybe I'll send you a picture after I literally have like a I want to believe poster up on my workboard right now <laughs> nice. with all my to-do list nice so do you do you follow along with the regular conspiracies of you know that sort of parallel that like the UFO culture and all that kind of stuff are you like when oh, I, yes. when I, I I've gone very I've gone through many a rabbit hole let's put it that way so yeah. I, I'm no stranger to most of the topics uh, that you've covered. And actually, uh, I was uh, looking through your guest list recently, and uh, most of your guests uh, are really outstanding, or I've I've seen them, heard about them, or uh, I, I'm kind of catching up with a few people I hadn't met before. Yeah, that, that's awesome, because it, it's so interesting, because when I meet people... And I tell them that we do this, or even if I, uh, if, if I'm talking about the show to some people, it, it's funny. Cause you either like yourself, you know, you probably know like 50 to 80% of the guests that we've had on, or you've heard about their name or something, but it's either that, or people have their, they have, they don't know a single name or they won't know of anybody that we've talked to. It's really interesting because yeah. yeah. so much of it overlaps, you know, some of, so much of it is about like the war on consciousness or, or this, um, you know, sort of conspiratorial thing. Yeah. And, um, I think that, uh, it's sort of like, especially, uh, with the internet. Um, I mean, do you remember, uh, sort of this, early 90s internet culture and the X-Files community really um, took root in that culture. I mean, that that was one of the defining elements of the X-Files is the fan culture really was an early adopter of the, of the new technology. And um, now, you know, 25 years later, we see that uh, the, the whole, let's say, not just conspiracy community, but the, I, I don't even know how to define the community nowadays, but um, everything has just matured. Like before you could go into message boards and just read all sorts of really interesting stuff out there stuff. And, you know, you had to kind of be discerning, but uh, nowadays, uh, I mean, there's so much, uh, like everything has just been taken to another level yeah, and yeah. the, the out there stuff is even bigger. The more reasonable stuff is more, um, kind of trying to steer towards, um, some kind of scientific legitimacy or professional level 
um, kind of truth, let's call it. And it's it's really interesting to see how this has all kind of played out over the last 25 years. Yeah, very much so. Like, we were just talking about the lone gunman because, you know, you got a shot of our studio here. <laughs> it looks like we're, you know, Conspiracy <laughs> Central in somebody's basement. And yet, you know, this is happening all over the place now, right? The lone gunman were like this little, like, you know, they were kind of doing their own little underground thing with, like you're saying, with technology. And now this is happening all over. Everybody's doing these little podcasts and talking about Digital all this stuff open, openly. And then look at all the other topics like you were talking about. I mean, ufology and even cryptozoology now. I mean, that's just huge. Even the ghost hunting and all that. I mean, every little, probably every little topic that the X-Files talked about, as like you said, has exploded into either close to scientific validity or or at least a huge culture in in itself. So do you think it was like drip-feeded? I think it's it's almost if you look at the two characters of the X-Files, I mean, Mulder and Scully, you have the two elements that the, let's say, community needed. This uh, kind of open-minded um, belief in whatever is out there and this kind of cold, rational, scientific approach to, you know, being a skeptic. And throughout the series, those two... Um, let's say ideals kind of shift between the the two characters as well. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, in some ways, I wish it would have shifted between the the metaphor of our polarized culture. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> well, in some ways, it has. I mean, uh, there's a a podcaster that I really like, and he's always saying. Uh, um, mainstream culture has now eaten conspiracy culture. If you look at it, like all the myth and lore and all the like really niche stuff that was in the conspiracy culture world, um, it uh, it's now become mainstream pop culture stuff. Yeah. And everybody seems to know about it. Um, and now even the conspiracy community itself realize like, yeah, we can't just be throwing it wild claims without trying to back it up with some actual hard evidence or some facts, or even if we can't um, produce them ourselves, we need to kind of give some um, best estimate theories to like really back up our claims. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're going to speculate, you should probably say you're going to speculate, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Huh. The speculation days are over. So, no, I mean, if if you look at it, who's who's still the the top conspiracy, uh, you know, show podcaster? Uh, our, our our good friends Alex Jones, he has no problem just throwing throwing what else is out there, and uh, no, I don't think he's too concerned about backing it up with like serious uh, hard evidence. Sometimes, yeah, a lot of times he ends up right too. So you know, yeah, true enough. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, uh, so, what so do you, how did yeah. you get into developing games? Like, is that coding? Is that a coding thing? I guess. Um, well, myself personally, I'm uh, looking after uh, everything outside of the game's development. So, um, we have a small team here in Estonia, and we are partnered up 
with uh, Fox Next Games for uh, the X-Files Deep State. And um, I've been working at Creative Mobile uh, as well, almost five years now. And uh, on the X-Files project uh, since uh, the since last fall, basically. So I, I've been seeing the game through its release and uh, post-release. And actually, very exciting, as of the recording of this podcast, we just released our new chapter, uh, case, sorry, uh, case uh, number seven, which sort of kicks off the second season of the game. Oh, nice. Good timing. I've, yeah, I've only played the first two <laughs> maps. It's uh, so far so good. I mean, the response has been really, uh, really nice from the fans, and uh, we've uh, had a lot of fun uh, releasing the game. Let's say that's good. So, is it is it mainly a mobile game then? Uh, you can play on mobile and through Facebook. Okay. Oh, I see. Okay. Huh. Is that sort of where is that sort of where some of the games are going now through Facebook? Is that do you, how's your is it mostly Facebook or is it sort of a mix? Um, I would say uh, our company specifically focuses mostly on mobile gaming, and Facebook is there for extra accessibility for anybody who wants to play through their PC. Right. So we kind of try and hit the largest um, audiences as possible. Yeah. So, so maybe you should talk a little bit about the game then, and then we'll get back into like the culture and some, some of your favorite sure. parts of the X-File. Okay. So uh, I'll give you a, a very brief introduction for those who haven't played the game. Um, the X-File's Deep State uh, is a hidden object uh, adventure game. So, it's um, for fans of the show. This game takes place between the years 2010 and 2012, um, which would be between season nine and ten of the series. So, at the end of season nine, effectively, the X Files had wrapped up. Mulder and Scully move on with their lives, and you know, whatever. Uh, but there's a very kind of untold story there because the whole premise of the X-Files was leading up to the uh, December 21st, 2012 alien invasion Mayan calendar, like all this stuff was really going on uh, but we never get to hear what actually happened, what what was going on during that time hmm. um, so the game is telling the story in between and uh, to answer many people's questions, no, you don't play as Mulder and Scully because that would be uh, uncannon, let's say. And, and uh, so you play as a rookie FBI agent who gets pulled into some strange cases and sort of falls down the rabbit hole, if you will. Um, and the more you start investigating, the more kind of things start to unravel and ultimately you end up in the X-Files unit. So um, just like in the series where you have mythology and uh, Monster of the Week style episodes, the uh, game is set up the same way. So each case is 
sort of maybe dealing with a bit of mythology or a monster of the week sort of um, story. And you are investigating um, crime scenes, um, sort of making um, moral decisions or making choices about how your character wants to respond to things. And the choices do matter. So a lot of the things that you say or do during the game will come back uh, in later investigations to kind of help or hinder you. And you can actually, depending on your own personal inclinations, you can uh, play as, let's say, a believer or a skeptic, and that kind of weighs your character's influences throughout the game. Ah, uh-huh, so that's where the sort of choose your own adventure kind of comes into it, where you can decide you can decide how to respond. Exactly, and towards the end of each case, you're sort of posed with a very, uh, let's say, heavy moral choice uh, or decision that you have to make, and it's always funny to see people's reactions because even with the first case, I I can maybe spoil it a bit. You. Uh, <laughs> You have to choose between, uh, let's say, locking up a child or letting his dad take the rap for what happened. That's the, mo- and, that's the uh, monster one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, just the reaction we always see from people, it's like uh, it, we, we hit you right from the start on like, okay, this could get kind of dark or it could be a pretty tough choice. What yeah. did you pick? Um, what's uh, most of the people on our team have always locked up the kid. Oh wow! <laughs> but uh, even during playtesting, so we've had a, a lot of emotional reaction to that too. What were you gonna say, Darren? Oh, nothing. Huh. I lock up the kids. So, so then, so then that was the first case, and then you go through. So, you guys have released the seventh one now. Correct. Yeah. So, um, yeah. the first season comprises essentially six episodes, and we're doing it kind of in a seasonal format. So, the first six episodes all sort of tied together in uh, an overarching uh, myth arc. The second season is really going to get more in-depth. And for fans of the X-Files or conspiracy culture, um, UFOs and all this kind of stuff, we have so many Easter eggs and references. Like, everybody on our team is an X-Files fan, so we've really jam-packed this game with so much uh, detail that you'll see some small references or some small visual references throughout the game and you'll say aha uh, i don't want to spoil it but even you the main character tie into an episode of the x-file ah that's cool perfect i i uh, was i gonna say about that the easter eggs and the uh oh the x-files like just like they do in the show like they had that that text you you didn't watch the new the new episodes, Darren, but they had Mulder's text and it talked about fuck the the read the uh, the senator or whatever and the disclosure. Was see the smoke he's a senator dude? or whatever? No, no, no. It's just it's a it's a reference to really what's happening in the UFO community. It's really interesting. Right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then they have the black, you know, like that black budget hangar with the big spaceship in there, and yeah, it's it's super interesting how they 
they tease you with stuff that's actually happening in current events. Mm. And actually, this is maybe a perfect segue. Uh, a lot of times we get asked about the title because it's so, uh, let's say, timely to what's going on. And uh, it's an interesting story. So uh, back last year, we were testing the game out, getting uh, you know, getting it um, into the shape it is now. And we were testing out different titles and trying to figure out what we're actually going to call the game. And ultimately, the title came from uh, Chris Carter himself. Oh. So he, he gave us the name Deep State. And uh, the same way, week that we um, made our official announcement about the game and, and all this stuff started coming out was the same week, uh, roughly, that um, uh, El Presidente Trump uh, started to tweet about the deep state uh, and all this kind of stuff also kicked off at the same time. So it, it's it's very strange days when uh, all these parallel things are happening. Um, in the game, one of the cases deals with uh, um, the White House and a uh, let's say an alien clone being. Uh, um, uh, inserted as the president of the United States. Oh, Sorry, oh, spoiler that's awesome. alert. That's awesome. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So, so are you guys getting lots of extra advertising from the hashtag Deep State? Um, let's say we share it with a number of interesting individuals. So, <laughs> um, this whole phenomenon has really just taken off i mean um we've uh, because there's also another fox uh, series called deep state that released um i think earlier this year so this whole uh terminology has uh, just um, really taken a life of its own in the last uh let's say half year yeah just think about what that that word meant in back in the x-files days like that was a real rare conspiratorial term that people are, oh, there's a deep state. Like, yeah, as if there's a deep... Now it's just a reality. There is a deep state. I wonder yeah. if you search deep state on Google what the first known instance would be. I don't yeah. know how to do that. Yeah, but. I don't know. Um, I would say mostly it's it's all purely political. I mean, uh, you... Uh, the terminology uh, itself kind of dates back to... Um, I think the first real definition came uh, from, I think, 30 or 40 years ago with uh, in Turkey. They were the first to really define this um, sort of state within the state or a secret state. Um, and from there, I mean, we I had a conversation on another podcast. I mean, if you look back or how depends on how far you want to go or how deep you want to go in how how long has this sort of apparatus existed i would argue there's always been sort of an inner circle in um, politics yeah. and those who don't engage in public politics but still um through a small group of individuals with a lot of resources want to steer or direct the course of let's say society and politics without having to um show themselves yeah 
Well, I think show themselves, but also take it into a public forum. They they would rather just uh, steer influence from the the comfort of a uh, a smoky back room, let's say, with a handful of shadowy figures. Yeah, so I mean, it must be it's so interesting the political climate now with you guys coming out with this game as well. I mean, there's Trump and just announcing a space force as well, which is sort of space force, you know it, that has you know all kinds of UFO connotations as well and and disclosure type. I mean, I have a whole theory about that's his that's his like if you think about the deep state in two separate camps in a way that uh, there's a whole other camp with uh, Hillary and Podesta and the, and the, and the, the to the stars Academy trying to force disclosure through that new, that new uh, DOD program that's supposedly investigating. And I feel like Trump's little announcement of the space force is almost like a, you know, a response to that and, and taking, taking, uh, not taking control, but um, sort of trying to get ahead of that whole, that whole issue. Yeah. Um, it was Interesting. I didn't even realize the significance, but uh, I was just listening to um, an interview with uh, Richard Hoagland yesterday, and he pointed out that the meeting between uh, Trump and Putin took place the same day as the anniversary of the uh, moonwalk. So this was a very significant uh, date in sort of space exploration history. And maybe this whole thing really is about um, the next stage, you know, getting people out into space in a serious fashion. Who knows? I mean, uh, in even in the X-Files, they kind of addressed this in the last seasons where um, they kind of just abruptly say in season 11, Oh yeah, well, you know, the aliens decided they're not coming after all. So don't don't worry about that. And oh, our group is kind of going to be uh breaking off into space and we're going to kind of uh form our own little civilization there. So I mean, even wow. with this kind of stuff, there's I'm sure some of your guests have talked about uh, secret space programs or breakaway civilizations and but, you know, what this actually means, I mean, is there even just a conspiracy about space science? Um, another thing they were talking about with Richard Hoagland was this um, um, kind of late form announcement like, oh, yeah, we actually kind of knew that there was uh, some organisms on Mars. But, yeah, we, we kind of lost all that data for 50 years and oh, we're just, yeah. You guys, it's okay. We we don't. Yep. Yeah, hundred percent. There's water on Mars now. There's uh, other stuff going on there. Yeah, we've had a few guests on talking about that. It's one of my favorite topics because you know somebody's flying these things around, and and I think a lot of it is is black budget, top secret, uh, you know, like secret uh, space program stuff. And uh, deep state. It's so interesting how like we were just talking in here about how the X Files ended like that. About, because I was going to ask you if if they address blue. I don't know if they address Project Blue Beam. That kind of like the the whole alien invasion hoax thing at all. I they do actually, and this is kind of the interesting thing about the X Files is that it even turns in on itself in some points or kind of questions 
is is the whole alien story itself just cover i mean there is a specific episode where um they reveal uh you know they show you an a uh, somebody uh, an alien kind of an alien encounter but later on it's a guy smoking a cigarette and you know it's like well actually and this is kind of going back to the skeptical thing is is the whole alien story just a cover up or something for something very much more mundane yeah yeah uh i mean and you can and that's the thing about us not knowing is you can swing back and forth just like Mulder to believing so devoutly to the fact that okay well maybe I was wrong the whole time and maybe it's just you know a some people want to believe in a mythology and a story that seems very romantic the spacemen are coming and they're like way different than anybody else or it's like, ah, oh, yeah, it's actually just a very top secret scientific uh, project, and they, you know, the the aliens is just a convenient cover up. Um, there's a documentary about this whole topic, and um, where government agents were led leading people on to believe that, yeah, some of this military tech was actually alien technology. Which which documentary is that? Mirage Man or something like that? Or no? Yeah, Mirage Man. That's that's it. Yeah, that was good. I really liked that that one. It it was good, but kind of a sad, dark story yeah. in general. I yeah, mean, totally. Like it, it. It's nice that they came out and disclosed it because, like, they're owning up to it. Let's say. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, there's some people out there who, you know, they take this kind of belief to the extreme or it ultimately ruins them because this becomes their life work or, or whatever. And ultimately they're kind of, uh, well, you know, what are they chasing after like paper dragons or something? Yeah. It's, it's tough because uh, it's easy to, we flip flop back and forth a little, forth a little bit here as well. But what gets you is, is the, is the high strangeness or the technological, you know the the sightings and the the evidence that people have of uh, you know crazy crazy craft flying like just stuff that you don't think would even are you know our our top top you know secret highest tech possible could do you know it's like mm-hmm. well I think this is where uh, we can say like um, if you look at say the whole ancient aliens um, theory in general. Yep. I mean, if you look at human art and uh, going back through history, human mythology, there's a lot of stories about gods or other beings coming and teaching humans about, you know, different cultural or scientific um, uh, things. Uh, and this is recorded in art and other things where you see uh, things that look like different beings or spaceships uh, depicted. So there's always been this undercurrent in human civilization. You know, what the real story is, we don't know. But the one thing I find really interesting, I just um, recently kind of sat down and dedicated myself to reading through the entire works of uh, Charles Fort. Mm. 
And he records in many instances in the 19th century of UFO or flying objects recorded throughout, um, let's say, North America and Europe, uh, especially. And this is what, you know, very interesting to me is these cases where it's been recorded in in documented in say newspapers and other than maybe a few hoaxes maybe a few early um mistaken uh, mistaken thing mistaken identities mistaken identities or even just hot air balloonists there's a lot of cases where the technology wasn't there yet but these instances were still recorded and for me that's that's something like that's uh kind of some hard facts that you can start working with. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So Turkey was the first deep state instance I can find on Google. Yeah. 2006. Huh. Yeah. He said the deep state exerts, exerts considerable influence through the civil service and security forces. Swaying appointments to key bodies such as those regulating state broadcasting and higher education. Hmm. Sound familiar? Yep. <laughs> a fairly recent term. Yep. What What's game it? are you going to well, do next? Can you sneak the gram- some Gramerica Moais in the background? <laughs> um, maybe. I think actually in our next case, there's it, it's very, very uh, topical and very uh, close to your... Um, uh, motif of the uh, the Easter Island heads. I can't give away too much right oh, now, but so I like, could maybe give you guys some teasers. Yeah, uh, like megalithic uh, old ancient crime site kind of podcasters stuff. <laughs> from Canada. <laughs> so, what's the teaser on that? Um, well, I can't say too much because it's still in development. But um, as it's coming out, maybe I can send you guys uh, some actual uh, teasers or promo images. Okay, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So, what was your favorite? Like, what was your favorite topic or part of the X Files? The whole the whole thing. Do you have any favorite? Uh, um, I think ones? one one strength about the X Files that I really like is the diversity of topics. I mean, and the diversity in which it's presented. You can present any kind of genre story through the lens of the X-Files. And if you combine this with, uh, say, you have um, a different um, uh, lenses in which you view it. Uh, so your Monster of the Week episodes can be a sci-fi thriller it can be a horror it can be a comedy um your uh, let's say your mythology or ufo stuff also can be uh viewed uh, as um you know as a tech investigation is it you know hard science is it science fiction is it something else psychedelic completely mm-hmm. um so my my favorite episodes are really um i would say early on in season three this is my this is my favorite season because it really hits the stride there it kind of uh really introduces all the say strongest episodes that 
carry people through the entire series. Um, and uh, really, I think this is, for me, season three and four are the defining seasons of the X-Files. Hmm. The first episode I ever watched was Jersey Devil. So that was actually season yeah. one. So I'd have been just a yeah. kid. I was just a kid. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I have think not even seen now it would be interesting to come back to like the Jersey Devil. And, uh, you know, they leave off so many episodes where um, characters could come back or they you could see them 20, 20 years on and see what's actually going on since, you know, especially in X-Files, does anybody really die or disappear? Well, you know, that's debatable. Yeah. I loved all the mythology ones. That was my favorite. Just like, I always look forward to the mythology ones. I should go plow through them all yeah. this winter. Well, you just watch the new newer ones. Nah. What? What? Yeah. So how, how I want to get back into the cultural change, like, cause if you've been, sure. like you've been following this for the last, you know, a couple decades probably as well. Just like, I mean, I've been on and off a little bit, but I mean, have you seen a major shift in, in uh, people accepting this as uh, a possible reality? And do you think it would, do you think we're getting close to, you know, this opening well, up even more? I think, I mean, in the, let's say 25 years that, um, let's say this whole phenomenon really kicked off. I mean, if we look at the maturity and the overall level of acceptance as it was back in the late 60s, 70s, 80s, it was primarily kind of very difficult to even obtain materials or you had to listen to some crank on a ham radio spouting out whatever was going on. You didn't have access to the even the kind of materials or information or you really had to search for it yeah you had to and, mail out like subscribe to newsletters probably like getting mailed to you like yeah and nowadays i mean all this kind of stuff is at your fingertips uh i think for most people there's like this um i mean in the mid 90s especially there was sort of this real opening up of everything with the internet and access to information, opening of thought to UFOs and aliens in general it became like kind of a cultural hype. And everybody was like, yeah, you know, Millennium and uh, the spacemen, maybe, you know, maybe they're going to come at some point. But then we have sort of this big milestone that well, for better or worse, really slammed into the consciousness of everybody, which was uh, 9-11. And, you know, you can kind of divide everything to from pre-9-11 and post-9-11 thought. And I think for a lot of people, this is a catalyzing event where they, like, saw the events and tried to understand it. And those who were really skeptical or really want to understand what happened sort of amassed and i mean even now people are still uh, going you know there's so much documentation so much stuff that people are trying to rationalize this whole event and how it ties into everything else in the sort of uh culture 
and how this plays into our belief and understanding in what we can actually accept. Uh, at the same time, I mean, people, it's been how long now around, uh, say, the JFK assassination and still waiting for all the documents to be released on that. And, um, you know, even with, uh, let's say, topics like cryptozoology, um, I think people, I mean, nobody has delivered a a real specimen yet of anything, but they're trying to up their game in, uh, you know, trying to get trail cams or trying to get uh, some scientific um, yeah, samples or yeah. proof, you know, something you need to that shoot can... the beast. Well, uh, in many states, I believe that's against the law. Like, they're a protected species, aren't they? Uh, you'll get enough be. money to you'll beat you'll win in court with you'll get a good lawyer. <laughs> Every lawyer on the so, planet will be lining up to defend you in the Sas first ever Sasquatch case. Looks yeah. good on a resume. You can't shoot him. You guys can try. Keep trying. He's just gonna keep fading in and out of existence as your bullets go through nothing. I mean, you can't fucking kill him. I'm telling you, it's a waste of time. You You're might as well be me. try and love him and bring him in that way, and you know that's the way yeah. to get him. Love is and the I key. Think- in general, uh, everything has also gotten. Um, we've reached a point where even the the let's say the fabric of reality is questionable, and so there's so many people who can talk on these high metaphysical topics now, and it's approachable to uh, let's say the common person. Whereas, if you tried to talk about this stuff twenty, thirty years ago. It probably lock you up as, as some kind of mad person. Yeah. Now, now even uh, you know teenagers and youth are 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 being woke uh, very early on. Sometimes the wrong way, but. <laughs> well, hey, I mean, it, if you even look back on yourself when you're younger, like oh yeah, totally. I, I kind of shake my head at some of the things, but you know it's all part of the journey, right? Totally. Like you kind of. There's different, different yeah. levels and stages of awakening, for sure. What's the first yeah. stage? I don't know what the first stage is. That, that we're living a lie, maybe? You what know, stage are you at? Stage. What stage are you at? I don't know. I've, uh, yeah, I'm slowing down on my level and up. So, so uh, what, what's your personal, do you talk about your personal beliefs at all in, in the UFO? Because like, I, I keep sort of coming back as the main sort of, the myth is the UFO kind of ET issue disclosure, the secret space program. Do you have any, you know, world beliefs or overarching beliefs in that yourself? For me personally, I, I'm a, a very much a skeptical believer. I mean, I think that you would have to be a fool to believe that in this entire cosmos, we're the only, uh, sentient beings who are like actively, uh, uh, kind of alive in the universe. So um, I think anything is possible, really. But um, until we uh, are able to accept or see or some kind of... I mean, do we need anybody... Like, who are we waiting for to confirm this? We've had officials, we've had seminars, we've had high-level disclosure. Like... Are we just waiting for like a spaceship to land, somebody to walk out and like, you know, give us a 
public live stream of their their existence like what what are we actually waiting for live stream <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah like, yeah uh, no i yeah I, I know what you mean but i mean it, it I think we do need we do need something to change, like because that is a big change. If it, if it becomes, um, and not globally, because a lot of cultures already already believe this. I mean, the uh, the star people and all this. I mean, a lot of these cultures it's just it's an accepted fact. But us in in the West here, and I don't know what it's like in Estonia where you are, but we need we need I think we need an overall change. We need a people to the paradigms to shift that we are not really alone like if everybody believed that we weren't alone that would change a lot well i mean uh if you look at um there's this whole uh kind of theme around uh so reagan and Gordon talk, talk, talking about yeah if if an alien uh force or uh race was actually disclosed and they were hostile then suddenly humanity would realize that they're one entity and that the world would come together. The superpowers, U.S. and Russia, would unite in defending the planet Earth. And this was sort of the, even the topic of Watchmen, you know, sort of, even if these, um, this alien entity wasn't interested in disclosing themselves, maybe they would just genetically engineer one and uh, make it so that uh, world unification happens one way or another. So, uh, I mean, ultimately, you were asking about the first step. I think it's just accepting that we, as a human species, are all on this giant flying spaceship through the our, you know, local universe. Like, once you can accept that, I think that's really the first step. Yeah. And look at how much has changed since, since the X-Files started just in, uh, in the, uh, planet, the search for planets and stuff. Right. I mean, now there's, they're, they're saying that now they know there's billions and trillions of stars and every star is planets. And I mean, it, it's, you know, the moons are billions possibly habit, habitable. I mean, it really, like the science is also billions of galaxies skyrocketed the possibilities forward for, for this. What was your favorite yeah, X-Files episode? I like the I, I liked all the mythology ones. No, pick yeah. one. No, I can't pick one. I don't remember right now. You're putting me on the spot. I liked all fan. I liked all the mythology ones. The ones with the with the with the gray uh, the gray goo and the, the eyes going dark and stuff. Those the gray ones. goo. Well, the purity, the, the black oil. Yeah, or the guy with the hey man, nice shot. The guy, the fire starter guy. That was a good one. Is there one with birds? <laughs> I don't know. Hmm. Birds? Yeah, probably. Jack Black. The Jack Black episode? Jack Which one Black's was that? Oh, yeah, Jack yeah. Black is fucking hilarious. Yeah. Huh. I'm going to watch some X-Files this winter. Yeah, we should. We should do it again. Yeah, this has kind of spurred my interest in it again. It was such a good show. X-Files. Yeah. So many people critical of it, too, though. It's very, it's very, it really strikes a chord with people on both, both ways, right? Like even a lot of I the fans say, are pretty critical. I mean, even the fan base itself is very discerning. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, it's such a dedicated um, community of fans who absolutely love the show and and incorporated into a major part of their lives. Uh, we were just in uh, at an X Files convention earlier this year, 
in uh, just south of Chicago, and it was it was fantastic. I mean, just seeing thousands of fans interacting with some of the actors and talking to people about how how important or how uh, the X Files has touched their lives. So I think it's not only a cultural phenomenon, but it really taps into kind of the zeitgeist uh, about what's going on in sort of um, pop culture. Yeah, totally. Do, do most of your team guy, does your team believe in, I believe in UFOs and all that. I mean, do they, are they, are any of them Scully types or big ass skeptics? I think we have a good mix on the team. We have, uh, we definitely have a lot of skeptics on the team, but we also have some believers. Uh, I'll send you some photos uh, that we took. Uh, we we have an alien actually running around the office as well, <laughs> so uh, a bit of disclosure there. That's good. Full disclosure. Full disclosure. So, how long are you guys gonna keep uh, keep this going for? Then, how many seasons do you plan? Well, we've got uh, a lot of episodes written, so uh, essentially, it's um, it's up to the fans. I mean, as long as they are supporting the game and um, interested in in uh, seeing this game uh, we have lots of stories to tell so uh, if you search up uh, X-Files game or X-Files Deep State um, download and play let mm-hmm. us know what you think because okay. that's that's the most important thing okay and is, then uh, and then how sorry continue on what's the most important thing just if the fans oh, just, uh, yeah. you know, as long as we have players playing and, and supporting the game then we've got uh, stories to tell. That's good. And it's been going well so far? Yeah. Uh, the response yeah. has been great. Uh, fans are really loving the game. And I think uh, as more and more people are discovering it, um, we uh, so the X-Files itself is going to be celebrating uh, its 25th anniversary on September 10th. And we're uh, sort of gearing up to, you know, really celebrate this as well yeah awesome so does it is there a cost to it for people or how much does it cost so uh the game itself is free to play you can buy um a uh, season or case pack depending on you know how much time you have uh so you can customize your character you can sort of skip over some of the energy requirements um or you can just uh, play for free, and, oh, okay. and however you want to do it. Uh, but making purchases helps to support the game. We don't yeah, make money any other way. So this is the way to kind of ensure that uh, we're going to have more episodes to awesome. help us out. So if we're getting some value from the game, we got to buy the next power up so that you can keep getting some value. Well, you know, essentially, if you find any value in the game, well, help support the developers. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Well, I like how you put it out for free, and then people can customize it, customize it a little bit, put some money in that way. Yeah, that's good. I'm going to get the first whole yeah, set. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get right into Let's it Let's race through it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a race. It's a race. It's the journey that matters. Yeah, man. well, now you have a whole, uh, you have, let's see who can get to, K7 first. Yeah, ex- that? yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> right on. Well, is there anything else you want to mention before we uh, wrap it up? 
Oh, um, oh bro. Sure. Hang, okay, hang on. Before you do that, Brody, Brody, our producer, he, our, and our producer's got, he's got a question here. He's yeah. our resident yeah. gamer. Yeah. <laughs> ah. Okay, hang on a sec. He's just going to get to the mic. Yeah. Check, check. Yeah, check, check. It's on. Um, I was playing the game, and I just wanted to know if there was a way to, like, turn off the text-to-speech thing. Like if yeah. there's some sort of sound option, because uh, that'd be twenty dollars. That'd be twenty dollars. That's, <laughs> that's really annoying after like playing for more than five minutes straight. Yeah, uh, go into your settings or your phone settings. You should be able to. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah, I just couldn't find an option. For yeah. There you go. Right it. on. Yeah, no, that's my, that was real my live tech support. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. perfect. You never get a response. And if you have like any problems, uh, don't. Don't hesitate to uh, contact us through Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, our team is really helpful, and we also have a Facebook group as well. So, um, you know, feel free to contact us anytime, and uh, we've got you covered. Right on. Yeah, I mean, it's great. It looks pretty cool. Great graphics. It looks like we played a little bit here tonight as well, and it's pretty pretty fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to like a choose-your-own-adventure, but hidden... Hidden stuff and little solving mysteries and stuff. I like it. Yeah. Well, good to hear. Thanks, guys. Yeah. And I guess, would he take the shot? Would you oh. shoot Bigfoot? Uh, I don't know if he's going to make an appearance yet. I'd have to check our case list. Oh, oh. no, no. This is no, like real life. Him? Would you shoot like, Bigfoot? Oh, would I shoot Bigfoot? No, I don't think I would. I mean, really? uh, I, I I would rather just uh, let let them be. Another one, for Team Graham. Yep, that's my that's my team. I'm wearing the Save Sasquatch shirt right now, actually. Yeah. I gotta say, I gotta say, Brandon, I'm a little let down. I really thought you were gonna be a shooter. I thought you were a logical guy. <laughs> well, here I'll, I'll throw it back at you. Here's my <laughs> ultimate conspiracy: is that Bigfoot shot JFK. <laughs> that's another reason we should shoot that motherfucker. <laughs> Uh, deep foot, Bigfoot's part of the deep state. <laughs> the real deep state, the yeah. one that goes into the uh, inner earth, you know. Yeah, oh, I like that one. <laughs> the inner earth, deep state. Yeah. Doesn't get any deeper than that. <laughs> so what uh, What else were you going to say before uh, we let you go? We, I think we interrupted you there. You were going to say a couple things before. Oh, um, I was just going to let people know how they can find the game and uh, all that kind of stuff. If you want. A wrap up pitch, sure, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, we are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all over the place. Uh, most places you can find us as X Files Game, all one word. Uh, our website is xfilesgame.com. Uh, you can find us on Google Play and the App Store, as well as Facebook, and um. Please download the game, try it, uh, let us know what you think. Right on. Yeah, I'll put all those links in the show notes. Yeah, that would be great. And Try and, out the game, leave a review. Yes, Tell them Grimerica sent you. Yeah. Spam the yeah. comments with some Grimerica spam. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah. yeah, thanks for coming on and talking about all this other stuff as well and getting into some cool uh, deep state conversation. Yeah, hey man, the truth is out there, so we're just, uh, we're all trying to get out there in our own way. Right on, buddy. There you have it. Right on, thanks, Brad. Enjoy what's left of your day. The, well, I guess you're just getting started. Yeah, my day's just getting started, but it uh, looks to be a good day. 
Uh, thanks, guys, and enjoy the rest hey, of your evening. No problem. Take care, buddy. Bye-bye. Okay. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. And that was our chat with uh, Brandon Marsh. Yeah, right on. That was fun. That was a good one, eh? I love talking to people like that where I don't know if they, how much they're interested, really interested in all the stuff, you know, and yeah, he's really just talking to Ro- he yeah, Richard Hoagland yesterday, and we should get that, uh, the real life, um, what was it, what was their name again, those tech guys, and we were talking about the X-Files? The Lone Gunman? The Lone Gunman, yeah, Dean Haglund, yeah, we should get him on. The Lone Gunman? Yeah, that's... Is that the there. big foot yeah, he's, shot he's involved. JFK yeah, he's involved in <laughs> so yeah it was good yeah what do you think that was a good yeah. one yeah. yeah hey reinvigorated your interest in the, in the show watch me some motherfucking X-Files yep once the days go down to like four hours good time to watch X-Files yep alright guys uh, check out gramerica.ca slash support sign up for a weekly monthly yearly subscription if you can it really does help helps keep us going uh, but there's a Patreon option as well. There's a bunch of other stuff in the show notes that helps the show as well. Also, as well. As well, as well. So do that stuff. Doot sweet. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next week. Somehow I built a rocket ship. Out of the stuff dreams are made and popsicle sticks Please look at my rocket ship schematics Tell me you can fly to the moon, tell me I'm not a lunatic
soon.